Thanks for listening. I'm Chris Wagenti, a voice actress with voiceovers by Gypsy, and this is Who Gets It Naturally. Music was composed and performed by V. Caritis. I'm not selling anything, diagnosing anything, offering any cures, or replacing your doctor. If you're pregnant, please consult your doctor before trying anything new. Everyone is different, so you may need to tweak the recipes a bit to work for you. Always start with the least amount of essential oils. You can always add, you can't take away. Remember, these remedies don't last forever. You need to reapply as needed. If you're allergic to any of the ingredients I use, please substitute for something you're not allergic to. Just because it's natural doesn't mean you can't be allergic to it. Welcome to Episode 6, Skincare Part 1. Did you know that the largest organ of your body is your skin? It literally covers everything from your head to your toes. And because they grow out of your skin, hair and nails usually go along for the ride. Your skin is made up of water, protein, fats, and minerals. And skin changes depending on the part of the body it's covering. Your skin protects the rest of your organs, bones, muscle, etc. from toxins, the environment. It takes a beating. It also changes as you age. You can get all the scientific stuff at www.britannica.com slash science slash human hyphen skin. Britannica is B-R-I-T-A-N-N-I-C-A. As I've said in previous episodes, different parts of your body will react differently to the same thing. This is partly why. Your skin can go from thick and hairy like your eyebrows to thin and barely covered in thin hair like your eyelids in the matter of millimeters. This exponentially increases the differences in reactions to the same products across different people. So I guess it's a good thing that there are so many different carrier oils, essential oils, herbs, and spices that are good for the skin, hair, and nails. Let's start at the top, hair. More specifically, the hair on your head. If you're bald, no offense, but you still need to care for your scalp, so you may want to pay attention. The hair on your head is different than your eyebrows, is different than the hair on your arms, is different than the hair on other parts of your body. Now, the hair on your head can be thin, thick, curly, wavy, straight, coarse, fine, and naturally various shades of blonde, brunette, black, red, and silver or gray. I think I've been through all of them. I was born platinum blonde. By the time I was seven, it was a sandy brown. As I got older, it got darker. Then, as early as my sophomore year in high school, I started to get strands of gray in the same spot the rest of my family did, which kind of makes sense. Hair color is genetic. Brown is dominant. Blonde and red are mutations. Silver or gray are a result of your body losing the pigments as you age, stress, go through trauma, etc. Also, as I mentioned in the past, my sisters have a hard time lightening their hair. Everyone is different. So is the hair on various parts of your body. Also, what's interesting to point out is that you can start off with thick, straight hair, and as you get older, it can grow in thin and curly, and vice versa. Your hair holds a history of what you put your body through. It can be used to get DNA, test for drugs, and get a take on the levels of hormones, vitamins, and minerals in your body. The only problem with that is timing. It's just a snapshot of that particular time. The closer to your scalp, the more current reading you get. The longer your hair, the further in the past the snapshot is from. Your hair naturally falls out, and ideally, new hair grows back in its place. Lots of different things can keep it from growing back. 
genetics, stress, hormone imbalance, poor blood circulation, trauma, scarring. Stimulating your scalp helps keep blood flowing, results are in longer, thicker, fuller hair in most people. I can't stress this enough. Everyone is different. If nothing helps, you should consider working with a specialist or maybe even check in with Dr. Herman. Maybe he can help. First, let's go over shampoo. There are about a gazillion different shampoos on the market, all claiming to do different things. Prevent breakage, make your hair thicker, enhance the curls, repair heat damage, etc. The one thing they all have in common is they all use a combination of chemicals. Oh, one more thing they have in common. They won't work on everyone. That's why there's such a huge selection. And even with that, there's no guarantee it will work for you. The trick, as always, is finding out what does work for you. I've had to stop using commercial shampoo because it made my head itch. What do I use now? Liquid Castile soap mixed with essential oils. The amount of essential oils depends on the size of the bottle I'm using. For a 16-ounce bottle, I add 60 to 80 drops of essential oil. 8-ounce bottles get 20 to 40 drops. 4-ounce bottles get 10 to 20 drops. 2-ounce bottles get 5 to 10 drops. I find that the smaller bottles are great to travel with. And I use a pump cap that can be locked. I've been using rosemary and peppermint in my shampoo. I like to experiment, so I switch it up now and then. Clary sage, tea tree, or melaleuca, and cedarwood are also good for hair. You don't have to use liquid castile soap. Shampoo base is available. You just need to make sure it's a reputable company. Check the ingredients, their shipping policies, and storage suggestions. I bought shampoo base once. It was in one of those big gallon jugs. It took me a long time to go through it, but storage, space, and shipping costs made it less sensible for me to use. Which essential oils should you use? That totally depends on you. There's plenty to choose from. Cedarwood essential oil stimulates the scalp and promotes hair growth. Chamomile essential oil adds shine and softens hair and soothes the scalp. Clary sage essential oil promotes hair growth and stimulates the scalp. Noticing a trend yet? Geranium essential oil strengthens hair. Lavender essential oil makes hair shiny and conditions it. It also moisturizes the scalp to help control dandruff. Rosemary essential oil improves hair growth by stimulating the roots and increasing circulation to the scalp. Lemongrass essential oil reduces dandruff. Peppermint essential oil helps promote hair growth and kills lice. You're probably wondering how. Okay, let's break it down a little more. Peppermint essential oils stimulate circulation and soothe the scalp, which promotes hair growth. Tea tree or melaleuca essential oil has powerful cleansing, antibacterial, and antimicrobial properties. When used topically, it can help unplug hair follicles and increase hair growth. Lavender essential oil has properties that can generate the growth of cells and reduce stress. It also has antimicrobial and antibacterial properties, which can improve scalp health. Rosemary essential oil improves cellular generation, which will improve hair thickness and growth. Check out www.ncbi.nlm.nih.gov slash pubmed slash 2584269 for a study on common hair growth treatments. Cedarwood essential oil is thought to promote hair growth and reduce hair loss 
by balancing the oil-producing glands in the scalp. It also has antifungal and antibacterial properties, which can treat different conditions that may contribute to dandruff or hair loss. One study found that cedarwood, rosemary, and lavender reduced hair loss in people with alopecia areata. Check out that study at www.ncbi.nlm.nih.gov slash pubmed slash 9828867. Thyme essential oil can help promote hair growth by both stimulating the scalp and actively preventing hair loss. Like cedarwood essential oil, thyme essential oil was also found to be helpful in treating alopecia areata. Clary Sage essential oil contains the same linalool acetate that helps make lavender essential oil so effective in increasing hair growth. It can improve hair strength in addition to increasing hair growth, making hair more difficult to break. Ling Ling essential oil can improve hair texture and reduce hair breakage. If you already have oily hair and skin, you may not want to try Ling Ling essential oil. Ling Ling essential oil can stimulate sebum production. Lack of enough oil and sebum causes hair to become dry and brittle. Cinnamon essential oil's antiviral, antibacterial, and anti-inflammatory properties can help relieve dandruff and stimulate the scalp to aid with hair growth and reduce hair loss. The same can be said for the pines, Douglas fir, Siberian fir, cypress, etc. Sweet basil essential oil rejuvenates the hair strands and imparts a freshness to the hair, allowing them to be easily manageable. It also provides hydration and softness to your tresses. The oil regulates sebum production in the scalp, which encourages robust hair growth. Sweet basil essential oil is known to diminish or slow down hair loss, thereby increasing the volume of hair over some time. It can soothe the hair shafts and clarify it as well, leaving your hair feeling bouncy. As you can see, there's endless options. You can use individual oils or make your own combinations. You can switch it up, use smaller bottles, and change the essential oils you use every few weeks. You can even use different oils in your shampoo than in your conditioner. Like that segue into conditioners? Again, you have an abundance of options to choose from. There is conditioner base available. I did try this. Don't get me wrong, the product was good. It was just the getting it into a bottle for dispensing that was the issue. Conditioner, especially thick conditioner that isn't watered down, because once you add water, you need to add something to keep bacteria and fungus growing or mix just enough to use up in a short period of time, like a few weeks, is difficult to transfer. Because it's so thick, it takes time to transfer into a bottle using a funnel. A lot of time. I guess you can get creative and find different ways of speeding up the process. Like, I don't know, maybe an icing bag? I don't know. Even though I do bake, I'm not into the whole decorating thing. Anyway, I've tried thinning out the conditioner base with carrier oil. That wasn't the best option. It didn't thin it out enough to really make that much of a difference in it sliding through the funnel. And there's a very fine line between using too much that your hair looks greasy and not enough where your hair looks dry. I have yet to find the sweet spot. I have to admit, when it comes to conditioner, I do cheat. I'll buy a very mild conditioner, transfer it to a Boston Rounds, and add my own essential oils. It makes my life a whole lot easier. And my head doesn't itch as much as it used to. Another method of treating your hair is using a few drops of essential oil with a tablespoon or two of a carrier oil, massage it into your scalp, 
leave on for 10 to 15 minutes and then wash it out. Like with essential oils, some carrier oils are better for your scalp than others. Almond oil soothes and moisturizes the scalp. It's thick, so it's best blended with a lighter oil, not for already oily skin and hair. You can even add some to the ends of your hair to smooth out frizzies. Coconut oil softens hair and increases shine, but it should be MCT, not fractionated. Fractionated removes the triglycerides that are good for the skin, and it's heavier than MCT. MCT won't give your hair that greasy look. Jojoba oil moisturizes the hair, adds nutrients, and stimulates the scalp. Moroccan argan oil nourishes, moisturizes, and provides antioxidants to the hair and skin. It's a middle-of-the-road oil, but it is a nut. Watch for allergies. Grapeseed oil is a thin carrier oil and easily absorbed into the skin and hair. It's full of vitamin E and omega chain acids that hydrate hair and give your skin all the goodness it needs to jumpstart cell production in the follicles. Using this carrier oil for hair growth can help support the skin on your scalp significantly if the skin is flared up with eczema, psoriasis, or seborrheic dermatitis. Avocado oil is thick, but it is quickly absorbed into hair and skin, leaving your hair shiny and skin feeling smooth. The oil shares all the same benefits as the fruit. Believe it or not, castor oil is great for hair. Yes, it's very thick and kind of sticky. When used topically on the scalp for hair loss and regrowth, it will nourish, moisturize, and cool the skin, especially skin that's been damaged. You can warm it up and leave it in to seep into the skin. It will penetrate deeply into different layers of skin, meaning the effects are even better. Castor oil is a triglyceride, the fatty acid, mainly composed of ricinoleic acid. Ricinoleic acid increases blood flow and promotes hair cell production. Warm castor oil seeps deep into the hair's cortex, loading it with triglycerides, forming a seal around the cuticle and trapping in all that nourishment to make your hair smooth and vibrant from the inside out. You can find many different recipes, treatments, and suggestions on using essential oils and carrier oils to help prevent hair loss by searching what carrier oils are good for hair or what essential oils are good for hair. There are a lot of things to remember and take into consideration. The cause of the hair loss, alopecia, hormone imbalance, stress, genetics, etc. The degree of the loss, any allergies you may have, the essential oils you like, how committed you are to continue a nightly or weekly routine, the willingness to experimenting until you find the right combination. Earlier, I mentioned hair color. Let's talk about that a bit. I started dyeing my hair in high school. I spent my senior year as a blonde. My hair has been fuchsia, violet, sapphire blue, auburn, jet black, light brown, and gray. The curls hid long roots, but I got to the point where I couldn't deal with the processing anymore, so I stopped dyeing it. When the roots got to be a decent length, I cut most of the dye out. I figured if it didn't look good, I could start dyeing it again. It ended up a kind of cool looking salt and pepper, and I haven't dyed it since. It's been a few years. I noticed that my head stopped itching as much as it used to, even though I was using peroxide for sensitive skin. Hair dye, peroxide, and whatever else is used in the processes are chemicals and really big irritants. 
I've tried the brandy mixed with water. That didn't work very well. A few months ago, my sisters were like, you know, if you put like a purple in your hair, all the gray will pick it up like a highlighter and it might look cool. I said, yeah, but I don't want to. I'm good with the gray. Now I'm trying to moisturize it more and get it to stay on my head instead of ending up on the floor. Ah, starting a new habit is always difficult. But if you want the results, you need to put in the work. There are also recipes for hair masks, massage oils specifically for the scalp, hair moisturizers. Search what you're looking for, check out a few different sites, and then the fun begins. Pick one or two to try. When you do try one, you need to give it at least a few weeks or a few treatments, whatever the protocol is, to see if you notice a difference. Most of the time, you won't see an immediate difference. Okay, fine, it depends on what you're doing. Antifrizz, you should pretty much see a difference right away. But to stop hair loss or hair thinning or induce growth, those things take time. If after a few weeks or so, you don't notice any kind of a difference, try another recipe. Pay attention to what you do notice. Keeping a journal helps you remember what you tried, what the results were, and what tweaks, if any, you make. Then, as you get brave enough to really experiment, you'll have a baseline to start with and then continue to keep track. Because trust me, you're never going to remember what you used when if you start to substitute a lot. Playing that scientist is actually kind of fun. Follow known recipes until you're comfortable making up your own. Pay attention to how your body reacts to different things. Keep good notes. You know your body better than anybody, so you'll be able to tell when there are changes and eventually what will work, what won't, and what changes and substitutions you need to make to get the results you want. Seriously, I can't say this enough. Everybody is different, and everybody is different. A few things to remember. If you're trying something new and you don't know if you'll get a reaction, Try a little bit on the inside of your elbow to test. The skin there is thin and sensitive, and you can keep an eye on it easily. Always use therapeutic-grade essential oils. Always use pure carrier oils. Start with as little essential oils as possible. You can add, you can't take away. If you do use too much and your skin starts to get hot, add carrier oil to dilute. It will cool off your skin almost instantly. Make small batches so it doesn't go bad before you get to use it all. This was just part one for skin, hair, and nails. There's lots more to cover. Anti-wrinkle recipes, body lotion, body butter, body wash, hand soap, skin tags, discolorations, scars, stretch marks. I could go on. As always, if you have any questions or suggestions, please feel free to email me at vobygypsy at usa.com. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at vobygypsy or LinkedIn. Search either Chris Wagenti, Who Gets It Naturally, or even voiceovers by Gypsy. Please download this episode and make Who Gets It Naturally a favorite on your preferred channel so you don't miss an episode. Thanks for listening. The next episode will be published on Saturday, April 1st. Hmm. Am I a freak enough to pull an April Fool's gag? There's only one way you're going to find out.